Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Does the word of God become lost in the house of God? Let's bow our hearts in prayer. Lord Jesus, you have a word for us. A present, current word that you're speaking. And we say, Lord, your servant is listening. Lord, we have ears to hear. We have heart to receive. And we have eyes to see. And Lord, we don't, we don't stop our ears. We don't close our eyes. We don't close up our heart. We are open to you. And we want everything you are saying and doing to happen right here, right now, this morning in this house. Oh God. In Jesus' name, empower me to speak your word. Holy Spirit, I'm completely dependent and yielded to you. Use my mind, my tongue, my hands, my feet. Proclaim the word of God in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 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 The question, how does the word of God become lost in the house of God. And yet that is exactly what happened in the nations of Judah and Israel. Hezekiah was king. 86 years later, his great-grandson would become king, both of them facing the same situation in the first year that Hezekiah was king in the first month he began to seek the Lord with all his heart 94 years later in the 8th year of his great grandson being king he began to seek the Lord In, in both instances, the word of God had become lost in the house of God. <clears throat> when Josiah began to seek the Lord, that's the grandson. When he began to seek the Lord, he, was, he had ordered some priests to refurbish, to cleanse, to restore the house of God and to do a deep cleaning. There were things that had to be repaired. There were just parts that just plain needed to be cleaned. It had been so neglected. But in, in the midst of doing that deep cleaning and repair and restoration, they found the word of God. Josiah had never seen or read the word of God. Isn't that interesting? And yet there are eras when you study the history of the Christian church 
from the time of Peter, James, and John up till now. When you study the history of the Christian church, there are eras. In, in some cases, generations where the preachers in the pulpit and the theologians in the Bible colleges and seminaries are denying the validity of the word of God and what is being preached and taught are the philosophies and the ideologies of of men. And you have generations of young people growing up having never been taught the word of God. Isn't it so important what the apostle Paul wrote to his spiritual son, Timothy? Remember, remember the things, the word of God that you've been taught from your youth. Because that's the word that will lead you to salvation. Timothy had a wonderful privilege. He grew up in a godly home and was taught the word of God from the time he was a child. In 1971, in California, at the Anaheim Convention Center, at a Church of God conference, there was a couple that, they were, they were just like, not like light bulbs, they were brighter than that. They were like the light in a lighthouse, just standing there glowing. I thought, I got I to hear their story. Now, you got to remember the era, okay? So she's in a muumuu with iron straight hair down to her waist. He's got long hair and a beard, and he's in bell bottoms. And <laughs> okay, and I go over to talk to them, and I go, I, 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 excuse me, I, we'd never met. I just, excuse me, we've never met, but... I got to hear your story because you, you are just beaming. You're radiant. He had grown up in a Christian home and rejected it as a teenager. She had never been to church and had never seen a Bible. Now imagine growing up in LA, she had never seen a Bible. I won't go into their whole story. It's a wonderful story. Maybe I'll share it with you another time. In 19, or excuse me, in 2000, Wanda and I moved to the city of Spokane to plant a new church. In the spring of 2001, we we began holding public services. Over the next years, 75% of the people in our church, we led to salvation, first time commitments to Jesus Christ. Two of those people were sisters that were manufacturing and dealing drugs. They got arrested. I went and spoke to their, to their parole officer and then met with them in court and the judge sentenced them to community service and they had to complete my discipleship course. That was their, that was their sentence. These two sisters had never been to church and had never read a Bible. Born and raised in the city of Spokane, but they had no idea about the word of God. 
how do we get to those places? Well, right now in America, one of the leading pastors, pastors of mega church in the United States, I'm going to read you a quote from one of his sermons that I personally listened to. So I'm not telling you what I think was heard or what was reported. This is what I know because I listened to the sermon myself. Listen, listen to what he preached to his congregation. About 10 years ago, I saw something we should start resisting. It has everything to do with how we talk about the Bible. More specifically, what we point to as the foundation of our faith, which for most Christians, unfortunately, is the Bible. What we point to as the foundation of our faith, which for most Christians, unfortunately, is the Bible. Now, now he goes on in that sermon, later in that sermon, he says, I would like Christians and pastors everywhere to do what we have done. And this is a man who is a highly sought after speaker at many of the evangelical conferences for pastors and churches. And what is he wanting? What is he wanting the churches to do? What is it that he and his church is doing? More specifically, what we point to as the foundation of our faith, which for most Christians, unfortunately, is the Bible. We no longer want to point to the Bible as the foundation of our faith. The word of God lost in the house of God. How does that happen? Well, The last two Sundays, Pastor Dave spoke from the book of Joshua. The children of Israel entering into the land of promise. And he talked about how that they must follow the presence of the Lord. The glory of God had to go before them. They'd never gone this way before. They they, they were entering in. They were entering into an era and a season they had never been in before. And they had, to, they had to follow the presence of God, the glory of God, which was the Ark of the Covenant. And then he talked about how that when they, when they got to the other side of the Jordan River, they, they were to put up a memorial so that all future generations, they could point to that memorial and say, see, we're here, we're in this place only because God brought us here. They did not want it to be lost. They did not want them to forget We're the people of God and we we live in this place because it's God. We're in 2019. No one in all of human history has ever lived in 2019. This is a whole new era. There are things happening in the world right now. People will say history is repeating itself because it looks so familiar. But then there are other things going on that in all of history has never happened. And yet the Bible said it would happen millennia ago. 
God is fulfilling Bible prophecy right now that has never been fulfilled in history. We're living in a whole new era, a whole new season. And God is wanting to do a whole new thing. I got to read for you excerpts from an email that I received on Friday. It was actually sent to me while we were still in Croatia. And while I could keep up with my emails, I was on vacation. (laughs) Okay. So the only thing I read from my emails was the East Oregonian. I wanted to keep up with the Hermiston basketball team. I'm sorry. Your pastor loves high school sports. And I'm a bulldog. In college sports, I'm a bulldog also. I was keeping track of how Gonzaga is doing. They're ranked number five in the nation right now, by the way, if you didn't, if you didn't know. As if you cared, right? Okay. All right. This email from Pastor Reagan, a word that God had given to him. Let me just read some excerpts. Receiving this morning from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit said to my heart, I'm going to do something new. Now, he had no idea that I was going to be preaching this sermon. Did you, bro? (laughs) I'm going to do something new for the men who desire more. I'm preparing Pastor Dean and Bishop Vaughn for a message to lead us in the future. The conference will be pivotal point in their lives for a new thing. Now, he's referring to the men's conference coming this this week, starting Thursday night. 6 p.m. dinner starts. As the spies went into the promised land, they saw giants and became afraid. And that generation had to die before the promised land was given and taken. Holy Spirit spoke to me. Are you an old man? Parentheses. Yes, he is. My words. (laughs) Or a new man for this challenge. This is a time of great challenge and change. He reminded me that the world changed in the 1900s. And then he went on in his email to share many of the changes that, that has taken place since 1900 to right now. When I was a kid, you had to go to a phone. It was either hanging on the wall or sitting on a desk. And you pick up what was called a receiver and you held it to your ear. You couldn't hold it like this and take a picture of yourself. <laughs> and, to, and, and, and you had to dial it. Boy, the world's changed. No, I didn't ride in horse and buggies. We had Fords and Studebakers and Ramblers and Chevys and yeah. Jesus came to set the captives free. Wrong battle to fight, LFC. Ours is the battle of equipping men for a battle 
to defeat giants in our lives by living out the call of a disciple. When he talked about the wrong battle to fight LFC, he was talking about the political arena. It's not a political battle we're in, we're in a spiritual war. America is in the trouble she's in because she threw God out and and let other gods come in. And when America turned her heart away from the living God in the 1950s and began to, and, and threw him out of all arenas. And we opened our heart to the idols and the gods of the world. America began to fail. This has been tracked by sociologists. It has been tracked by psychologists. The dramatic change in America directly from the time we threw God out. You can't throw God out. We're in covenant. This nation was founded in a covenant with Almighty God. But we've thrown God out. Now at the same time we've thrown God out, over the last 30 years, We've been taking the word of God out of the house of God also. Since the, since the closing of the Jesus people movement and the charismatic renewal, there has been a systematic removing of the word of God from the house of God. It started with taking out the cross and taking out sermons about the blood. Started there. Well, we don't want the cross because, because new people coming in, they'll get offended by the cross. Yes. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is foolishness to the world and offensive to the highly educated. Did you know the Bible said that? Of course it's going to be offensive. But if you take it out, then they're living in ignorance. I'll just keep going on. Okay. So we've got to fight the right battle. In 2018, churches asleep and embracing Satan and his lies of lifestyle. People in the spirit-filled church don't see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Why? 2019, my life is preparing for a new thing. In my spirit, I've heard Father God say, your purpose is to love people to put in your life as I love them. To teach my love for my people who are called by my name to give grace and to teach faith and love. The men's conference is to talk to men who desire a new thing, a fresh breath of renewal and a new weapon of warfare to fight the everyday existence. We are living in a time when those who are prepared will reap the harvest. Harvest is ready now. Thank you, Pastor Reagan. What a confirmation what God is giving me. That we're going to be talking about this morning. The next Sunday morning, Bishop Matthew is going to be speaking for us, preaching for us. And then the next Sunday, I'm going to pick up from where we leave off today. And we're going to continue on probably through the month of February. Talking about this new thing God is doing. And where he's taking us in 2019 and in 2020. A new thing God is up to. But you got to go with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13. Now in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is giving all these parables to his disciples. And they ask him, how come you're speaking to everybody in parables? He's giving them these parables. 
parable of the, of, of the seeds that have been sown and parables of the, of the uh, wheats and tares and the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the, of the, um, uh, the fisherman that was pulling in fish. When he gets done with these parables in Matthew 13, 51, he asked them, do you understand what you've heard? They answered back, yes, we, we have understood what we've heard. And then Jesus answered them with these words in verse 52. Then he said to them, therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about every every spiritual leader, every pastor, every associate pastor, every youth pastor who have a heart and a vision and a passion and who have studied the kingdom of God. They have a responsibility to lead the people into things new and things old in the kingdom of God. They have a responsibility to lead the people into the new things that God is doing. Now listen to me very closely. The new things that God is doing does not unhinge from the old, but builds on it. The same pastor that I quoted to you earlier, this mega church, in that same sermon and in sermons following that I listened to, taught his people, it is time for the Christian church to unhinge from the Old Testament. You better not. Does anyone remember to the church at Corinth, the apostle Paul said that the Old Testament is given to us as an example that we should follow? Come on. You don't unhinge from that. There are, there are people that are in the charismatic movement that are preaching and teaching more of an experiential thing and it's not connected to the word and the balance of the word of God. It's just going from one experience to another experience to another experience. I want to tell you that is going to lead you astray and you're going to get far afield. When God does a new thing, he doesn't unhinge it from the old, but you do have to be willing to turn your eyes from the past and look to what God is doing now. And embrace what God is doing now. Are you willing? But see, see, there, there, there are people, there are people that are going to hear this, and this is what they're going to say. Oh, I've heard all this. Oh, I've I, you know, Pastor, you're talking about the Holy Spirit. I've heard all about the Holy Spirit. Pastor, I've been in church all my life. And they have become indifferent. They have become lukewarm and they have become apathetic and they're not willing to look into what God is doing. And what Father God is wanting to do right now is to the new people 
in the, in the house of God to give them a vision and passion for what God is doing now and to move with it and to enter into it and embrace it fully. And he is wanting to take those that have been in the house of the Lord for decades and he is wanting to stir a new vision, a new passion, a new desire for the things of God and for the fresh things that God is doing. Why? Why does God do a new thing? It is because, well, we just said, the word of God is lost in the house of God. And because the word of God is lost in the house of God, you will have one in two generations that have little or no knowledge of the word of God. And so they do not have an ability to rightly judge between right and wrong. And in that scenario, slowly wrong becomes right and right becomes wrong. Because what happens? They began to embrace the, the humanistic doctrine of tolerance. Tolerance. They begin to embrace the humanistic teachings that rewrites history and rewrites what the value systems are. And so they're embracing, because they do not have the word of God that gives them the absolute truth of right and wrong, they're embracing the world's philosophies. And slowly the world's philosophies begin replacing the truth of God's word. And in the house of God, humanism is being preached instead of the true word of God that sets men free. And that's what Peter warned about when he said, you have teachers among you who are teaching you things that are immoral and wrong because they have embraced the teachings of the world because they do not know the truth. And so they're teaching you right, which is wrong. And they're teaching you what is right is wrong. Now, what happens in that culture, the culture then becomes anti-God, anti-Christ in our generation. In the time of Hezekiah and Josiah, it was anti-Jehovah. They, they become anti-Christ, anti-God, and they begin embracing all of kinds of other gods because it's anti-God. And in that culture... They begin murdering their children. In that culture, there becomes an open free flow of alcoholism and drug addiction and moral impurity of every kind. And women are devalued. Human life is devalued. And corruption begins to grip all of the, all of the, the business center and, and the governmental center. It all becomes filled with corruption and bribery and greed. And it's all about position and power and control. And in that situation, lives are ravaged. And into that situation, God wants to bring his new thing. What is that new thing? Well, let's see. Go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 42.
We're going to read verses 5 to 9. Thus says the Lord God who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth, that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, and the spirit to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, to those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things which have come to pass... And new things I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. What is this new thing? It is the spirit of almighty God moving and bringing restoration, bringing healing, bringing reconciliation, bringing deliverance. It's exactly what Jesus Christ proclaimed in Luke 14, 18, 19, when he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The new thing that God is doing is he is bringing back to his church the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit so the church can truly bring deliverance, bring healing, and bring recovery. Folks, if the 12-step programs really worked, we wouldn't have the problem we've got. The problem is in the heart of man. The problem is not Republican or Democrat. It's the heart of man. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, when you get born again and you have the Holy Spirit of God in you, you will look to the Word of God for what is right and what is wrong. Not a political party. And that's what we desperately need. We need men and women's hearts transformed. The reason Chicago and Memphis are war zones. The reason that in some of our major cities, there are entire parts of that city the police won't even go into because it's a killing zone. And the reason is because the hearts of men. It's the hearts of men. The reason that you have black on white and white on black and Hispanic on black and Hispanic on white and white on Hispanic. The reason you have all this nonsense going on, it's the heart. It's the heart. The heart is desperately wicked. And God wants to do a new thing where he brings the spirit of the Lord into the house of God again. And we're not talking about entertainment. We're talking about the moving of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. See, here's what's happened. We no longer have a passion for Holy Spirit. We want to get it done in 59 minutes. And we want, we want to have professional singers and musicians. It doesn't matter if they're playing in a bar on Friday night and Saturday night as long as they're professional on Sunday morning. So we've got the best sound of music. We've got the best entertainment. And the people are coming. And, and if you go into most churches, they don't worship anymore. They sit and listen to the worship team worship because the lights are off out there and the spotlights are on up here. It's stage centered. It's entertainment. 
And, 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 and then we wonder how come we're not seeing our nation transformed. The reason is because the word of God is lost in the house of the Lord and the Holy Spirit is no longer welcome there. And Jesus is standing at the door knocking. Will you let me in? We have an interesting lesson from Jesus. It's found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8. I've got 20 more minutes in this sermon, but we're running. I got to get you to communion because God's wanting to do something here. Let me close with this, though. In Matthew, chapter 8, Jesus gives this parable. Jesus, Jesus has led Matthew, the tax collector, to salvation. Now, he's one of the disciples. That had to be a very interesting dynamic when you've got these professional fishermen that have been having to pay their taxes to this crook. And now this crook has become one of the disciples. That had to be an interesting dynamic. Wouldn't you love to have been around the campfire that night and listen to the conversation? (laughs) It upset everybody because then Jesus not only leads him to salvation, Jesus goes to his house for dinner and Matt, I mean, all of his friends were crooks, prostitutes, alcoholics, and his life's changed. So he goes out to all his friends and says, come have dinner. I want you to hear this rabbi. And they all come. And Jesus goes and eats with all these sinners. The religious people have their holy nose in the air. And they're saying, look at that. If he was really a prophet of God, he wouldn't go there. And so, and and, I mean, that's about the way they were. And after dinner, they asked you, what are you doing going and eating there? And Jesus said, God hasn't come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. And then he turns to his disciples and he says this. You don't take and sew a brand new cloth onto an old garment. Because what will happen is it will tear And ruin the garment. And you don't take new wine. And put it in an old wine skin. Because when it begins to ferment. It will break it open. And both will be ruined. He was letting us know. God isn't into patching up old lives. He makes new creations. And then in that new creation, he fills them with his spirit because they are now a new wineskin ready to hold the living God in them. And dear ones, here's the problem. It is time for the church to come back to Jesus and say, we don't want to be church as usual, church as normal. I don't want my life to just be religious. I want the present fire and moving of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want the present 
flowing of the Holy Spirit in my life. Jesus, do whatever you have to do to me to change me and make me a vessel for the Holy Spirit and baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And I want to speak in new tongues. I want the full thing that you have in your word. Word of God, come back to the house of God and Holy Spirit, fill us in the name of Jesus. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.